welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. How can business leaders develop and strengthen their leadership capabilities in the face of disruption and uncertainty? In today's episode, Jeff Bond chats with Jay Weiser, principal and founder of Jay Weiser Consulting. Jay and Jeff discuss why even companies with the best strategies and execution plans can be caught off guard and unprepared. Jay shares practical advice for early stage entrepreneurs and seasoned executive leaders to immediately strengthen their leadership capabilities, as well as the five leadership superpowers and how they can help companies adapt to disruption and uncertainty. Tune in to discover how to become a more effective and prepared leader in today's fast-paced business environment. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Chat with Leaders. It's my pleasure to introduce Jay Weiser, principal and founder of Jay Weiser Consulting, who is passionate about helping leaders and organizations thrive in the face of disruptiveness and uncertainty. We are certainly in a disruptive and uncertain time right now, so I think this is is an appropriate uh, conversation for us. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it is disruptive. I mean, just think over the last weekend, uh, what First Republic Bank failed and was taken over by J.P. Morgan Chase and Ben Bath and Beyond filed Chapter 11. So yeah, there's always something happening. Yeah, there really is. And this is such an appropriate time to introduce us into the fold of leadership discussions because it's so hard to lean into the uncertain times and figure out how to a prepare for it, but b you know face it in that time of disruption with your team and to communicate. And uh, speaking of communication, I wanted to note that uh, to our audience that you speak with the assistance of cochlear implants, which I think is amazing uh, because it's enabled you to continue pursuing your passion for leadership and helping others despite any hearing challenges that you've had along the way. So I'm so grateful, A, for the technology, and B, for you sharing your gift of time and wisdom with us today. Absolutely. Uh, the nice thing is I don't have to wear headphones. I just have these guys on and it streams direct. <laughs> Yeah, what an advantage. Well, I love that. Well, let's uh, start with the first question, Jay. I wanted to ask you uh, what's different about the business environment now compared to 20 years ago, and what challenges does that present to leaders today and into the future? Sure. So the thing is, the pace of change is so much higher. Things are happening so much quicker. Um, you know, lightning speed almost. Things are so much more interconnected. Uh, you know, we saw that with COVID. We saw, you know, somebody having a virus in China in a matter of weeks was around the world. And in some places, you know, even sooner. Uh, you think about the barge that they got stuck in the Suez Canal had global ramifications. You know, people very often say, oh, that's a black swan event. Well, if you look over the last 20 years, we probably had one or two black swans every year, whether it was 9-11, whether it was Hurricane Katrina, whether it was the Great Recession, now banking issues, recession issues, COVID, supply chain, Ukraine, you know, all these things are happening. So we as leaders need to be better prepared. Uh, The risk if we're not paying attention to what's going on is we get surprised 
we get caught unprepared, we're for, forced to react, which is based on emotions, not information. And that puts us in a not so good place. Yeah, gosh, so many things that we're facing today. And even with uh, the advancement of AI and the way that information is distributed now and having to, to keep up with just the advanced knowledge that's being shared and how that's being accelerated, you know, even more uh, with the technology is just, it's just so profound. Uh, and even some of the companies that have the the best strategies and execution and plans in place, you said, can still be caught off guard and unprepared. Why do you think that is? Not paying attention. Organizations, mm. leadership teams get complacent. You know, they're successful. Everything's humming along. They, you know, they think they're, uh, you know, not vulnerable to what's happening around them. Yes, you know, they have a large market share. They think they have, you know, great customers. Uh, you know, as I told my son when I was teaching him how to drive, you know, if you go over a bump in the road or a pothole at five miles an hour, 10 miles an hour, not a big deal. If you're going 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, bad things happen. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with companies. Um, you know, they hit, they hit a disruption. They go, oh, okay, you know, we can solve this. We can address this now. And then... You know, they learn something and then they go back to normal again and they're unprepared instead of retaining those lessons. So it helps awareness and preparedness uh, are really important. Uh, you know, I think part of it, too, goes back to where do you look if you're, you're so firm centric, you, you're looking at yourself, you know, a little bit of uh, navel gazing. <laughs> then uh, you're not paying attention to what's around you. And it's not just, you know, it's in your company, it's in your community, your ecosystem, in your industry, all the way out to the macro environment that you have to be paying attention because you can be impacted. Uh, you think about something like Ukraine. I remember when it first happened and I'm saying, you know, that's an awful humanitarian crisis. Awful. Hmm but it doesn't affect me. You know, yes, it's stuff's going on in Europe and so on. And then all of a sudden, you know, a week later, gas goes from, you know, $3 a gallon to $5 a gallon. Now it's my problem. And mm -hmm. it's a problem of, you know, every business, anybody who's shipping anything, delivering anything, you know, that becomes a big change. Wow. Yeah, it's such a good point. And you mentioned the word normal in that too. And it makes me think of this conversation about what is the new normal as we came out of COVID and we're facing this disruption and we're we're trying to define that. But the reality is it's almost like nothing's normal anymore because of the pace of change is so accelerated. So you have mentioned in our conversations before that amid that new capabilities are needed. Uh, so my question is why, and what will they help companies do when they can define those new capabilities? So, you know, I think, you know, part of this normal is change, normal is disruption. There, there is no stability in the sense of everything staying the same. You know, I like to use a helicopter as an example. A helicopter is stable when it's on the ground. And when a helicopter is hovering, it's also stable, but it's doing an awful lot. The pilot has to be working 
awful lot to stay in place. And it's the same type of thing, in, you know, in a business environment, you can't just put things on autopilot. So, you know, as you're starting to think about what's going on around you, it's important. You know, I, I talk about the need to see, think, and do differently. And, you know, it's about, you know, I talked, you know, just a moment ago about looking and seeing in different places. It's about thinking differently, uh, you know, different models, different mindsets, frameworks, being curious, being open. Uh, and seeing and thinking is great, but it doesn't matter unless you do something differently. So that that's really important. I, I want to talk about some of these, what are the new capabilities that are needed? But I like what you said there about see, think, and do differently in this curiosity. You know, if you're just so set in your ways of this is what normal is, you know, you're never able to adapt. And I think we've all learned the importance of adaptability, you know, through all of the things that you listed before. And, uh, and I, you do such a great job of, of confronting those realities. That's something my father always taught me growing up when he was in leadership is to confront realities early and often. And that's always stuck with me. And, uh, I think that's a, a huge thing that you're bringing to the leadership marketplace, uh, so what are the, the new capabilities that are needed? Let's get into that. Sure. So the new capabilities, I, I call the model the five leadership superpowers. And the thing is, um, you know, when I looked at companies can be doing all the right things. You know, you mentioned about strategy. They can be communicating. They can have a vision, uh, you know, metrics, all these things. But something is still lacking. And what I came across is that there are five tensions that leaders need to address when you're uh, in a world of disruption and uncertainty. The first tension is between present and future. Now, the model, and I'll kind of talk about this briefly, it's not a choice of either present or future. This requires both and thinking. So you have to be thinking about and looking at the present. And at the same time, you have to be looking towards the future. It's about better understanding the present from different perspectives, being able to zoom in, zoom out. It's also about looking towards the future. Do you know where you're going? Uh, are you tracking trends? Are you monitoring you know, what's going on in the environment? And then are you integrating that together to inform how you make decisions? So being a present futurist is that first capability. <clears throat> the second capability is looking at that tension between experience and expertise in learning. So very often, uh, you know, and I can think of countless examples, just people I was talking to at the beginning COVID and they're like, well, you know, we just need to do what we did before. We want to go back to that. And if that doesn't work, we're going to try that double, doubly as hard. Well, it still doesn't work. So it's balancing that experience and expertise you have with learning. And learning requires you to be curious. Learning requires you to ask questions. Learning requires you to encourage and foster debate, listen to a diversity of views in your company, and most importantly, make it safe for people to do that. 
So it you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. If you have some experience and expertise and it works, great. If it's not working, challenge it. Maybe even challenge it ahead of time and say, is there a better way? Is the situation so different that I need to do something differently? So the second superpower is being an experienced learner. So let me just pause there for a second because I want to go into all five of these. But the experienced learner, something that you said in there that uh, really resonated with me was that you have to make it safe. Psychological safety within companies is something that I've heard of quite a bit. And being able to invite and amplify diverse voices into those leadership decisions is and can be a superpower um, but with that, you really have to make a strong invitation to the table and be willing to do the self-work uh, to listen and and to be able to experience a diversity of views that maybe aren't aligned with your own. And so I really, really uh, like that that's, that's part of this, uh, the tension, A, to be a learner, and that's part of the new capabilities. Um, can, can we, uh, let's dive into the other three. So I'm curious to continue to unpack sure. this with you. Let me just, just add one thing. And yeah, that, sure. that is, if you're not doing the work, if you're not asking the questions, you're not open-minded, or if all of a sudden you shut somebody down, your biggest risk is getting bad news late. And, and it's your own fault if that happens because you haven't created an environment where people want to tell you what's going on where people want to challenge the status quo. Hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And and if you just have people that are only there to agree with you and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, whatever, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to progress. Yeah. So I've always said, I, I like people that bring new ideas and challenge the status quo and challenge me because, you know, I don't have it all figured out, even leading my own small business, right? So it's always good to have people around you that are willing to speak up, but also know that it's safe to do so. Sure. No, absolutely. So thank you for sharing that. So uh, the third tension is between preparedness and risk taking. So first of all, it's important to recognize that risk is a part of business. Um, you know, very often when things get rough, when things get bumpy, people get very defensive. They focus on loss avoidance and, you know, they're, ca they're cautious. They, you know, they button down and they buckle up. <clears throat> and again, risk-taking is part of business. Everything involves some level of risk, but you want to be taking smart risks. You want to be taking small risks. You want to experiment. You want to pilot. Now, at the same time, preparedness is so important. And, and the thing that's interesting, I remember I, I gave a talk right before COVID, and I was talking about the importance of preparedness literally six weeks before COVID hit, January 26, 2020. I remember the day. And I was giving this talk, and I, as I was doing it, people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, preparedness is nice. You know, they kind of rolled their eyes. Why would I want to do that? You know, it's expensive. Why should I prepare for something that's never going to happen? Well, six weeks later, COVID hit the fan. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like, hmm, you know, what you said was really important. Now, preparedness involves a couple of things. One is about being far more risk aware. Don't just think of the 
you know, the, the fire, the, you know, data breach, you know, warehouse burns down, uh, you know, product liability, you know, those are things in a lot of cases you get insurance for, you have business continuity for. But what about a, com a competitor coming out with a new product? What about a customer saying, hmm, you know, we don't like the service you're delivering, we're, we're going to go over to X. And it's those things. Uh, it's illness. It's, you know, people working from home. It's, uh, you know, recession. You can't get insurance against recession, but you have to be paying attention to those signals. So mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, uh, you know, preparedness can be really basic. Uh, I had, had a talk last week with an HR audience, and I kind of went around the room and I said, okay, who has WD-40? All the hands went up. You know, who has a flashlight, batteries at home? Who has an emergency contactless duct tape? You know, who keeps some bottles of water around? And, uh, you know, I suspect, you know, for those of us who are married, our wives are now making sure we have toilet paper. Uh, and certainly a higher stock level than we ever had before. Same thing for wipes. So the thing is, if you take those things and apply it in a corporate environment, a lot of these things are low risk, no regret moves. You know, if we know, you know, in an emergency, what's the first thing we do? The second thing we do, uh, how do we make sure, uh, you know, if, if I lived in Florida, I'd be paying attention to the weather over the summer because I want to see what storms are coming. You know, I, I think, you know, if you lived on the coast in Florida and you're like, oh, I never watch the weather, you know, I'll just figure it out when it happens, uh, you know, you'd be uh, bleep out of luck. <laughs> Thanks for keeping it clean on the show, Jay. No, you're absolutely right. And I love this prepared risk taker as this other five superpower. And then I know there's two others I want to get into as well. Which one do you typically cover as the next one in the hierarchy? I'm sure they're all equally important. Yes, so there's no yes. stack rank order. Uh, and the next one is between strategy and execution or strategy and operations. So, you know, a lot of people in a crisis, in a disruption, or even just naturally, operations always crowds out strategy. The urgent always crowds out the important. And you need to balance both because if all you're focus, like, focusing on is operations, you're going to be really, really busy, but you're not going to be sure where you're going and whether it's going to help you get to where you want to go. On the other hand, if all you do is talk about strategy and you can't execute, you know, it, it's like a dream. And, you know, again, unless you act, it's not going to happen. Now, what, what we saw during COVID is, and again, this goes back to not being prepared, to being reactionary. Uh, if you think about the airlines, for example, what did they do? They lost 95% of their customers, uh, their mm -hmm. business, in a week. Now, most of them, they started slashing, they started doing layoffs, firing people, mothballing planes, uh, 
not really thinking about their employees, not really thinking about the future. You know, here in Atlanta, we have Delta Airlines. Uh, their CEO, and Bastion, approached it very differently. He came out, uh, and I guess this was, you know, within a week or two, probably a week of COVID happening, he was very clear to employees. He said, we have three priorities. The first one is taking care of our employees and customers. It's about safety. It's about service. Two, protect cash, because we don't know how long this is going to last. Three, protect our future. Not a single other airline CEO came out publicly and said at that point in time, we need to protect our future. And that drove a lot of their decisions because they knew that short-term decisions can have long-term implications. So it's being able to balance the two, recognize that if you do something in the short term, if they did what other airlines did, their employee engagement, employee loyalty, all of that would have gone down the tank, but because they handled that differently, it didn't, and people came back faster. And Delta was in a better position. Now, nothing's perfect, and you know they each had their problems with staffing, but Delta was far more successful and is now far more respected than the other airlines. So when you can yeah. integrate strategy and execution together and know they have to work hand in hand, it makes a big difference. Such a good story. And Ed Bastian, I mean, that was one of the best leadership uh, stories, I think, that came out of that disruption and uncertain time, the way he handled the communication. So uh, really good, poignant example there. And then what's the, the final of the five leadership superpowers to share with our audience? So the, fi- the final one is between accountability and collaboration. So first of all, let's talk about collaboration for a moment. And that is pretty much everything we have to do requires working with other people, requires working with other functions, other parts of the business, uh, even working with uh organizations and people in our ecosystem, you know, suppliers, partners, distributors, sometimes even you have to work with competitors for the benefit of both organizations. So that that's really important. The second part uh, around accountability, and this is where the conflict comes in, is a lot of people say, you know, who do I need to point the finger at? Who do I go to if something's wrong? And I always say strategy is a team sport. So, you know, going after an individual is not going to solve the problem. I joke, you know, Mm. Jeff, you and I were working for the same company and we're on a boat. You know, let's just say a rowboat, keep it simple. And I go, oh, you know, Jeff, you got a a hole under your seat. You have to fix that. That's your problem. Well, Mm. I'm in the boat with you. I'm going to get awful <laughs> wet thinking it's just your problem. So, it's, yeah. you know, it's the same thing with companies. So if you're an accountable collaborator, the first thing is you focus on accountability for outcomes. So the team is working towards that outcome. Uh, you think about a soccer team. They're worried about scoring goals, winning games. 
you know, it doesn't matter who has the ball the most or, you know, who kicked it the farthest or who ran the fastest. The team works together and they're focused on winning the game. And they know they can't do that unless they all work together. And the team kind of manages itself. They hold each other accountable for being in the right place at the right time, for knowing where the ball is going to go and where they need to be. And it's, it's the same thing. You know, you never have a coach who runs out on the field and says, you need to be here, you need to be there, you know, in terms of micromanaging. But we do that all the time in our businesses instead of, you know, enabling and empowering our people to do the job and deliver the results. Such great examples. Yeah. So we've got present futurist, experienced learner, prepared risk taker, a strategic executor, an accountable collaborator, Yes, the five leadership superpowers, such a good word for me. Curious, because we work with a lot of uh, benefit companies, B Corps, conscious capitalist companies, you know, there's for-profit, there's non-profit, there's private versus public. Do these superpowers differ across these different industries and different functions and roles of leadership? No. No, I mean, they really apply, you know, across the board. And that was something, you know, as I was coming up with these ideas, I kept on saying, well, you know, would it work in this situation? Would it work in that situation? Would it work if you're a leader? Would it work if you're a mid-level manager? Uh, And it, it applies. It applies across industries. If you're a B Corps or you're a nonprofit, you still have to look at what's happening today and where are we going to tomorrow? What are we trying to solve for? What are we trying to deliver? Uh, nonprofits, and you know, they had to be experienced learners. It wasn't just about fundraising the same way they did because if that fundraising was done in person, they had to learn a new way of fundraising. And you know, even now, some of those new ways are carrying on. It's not like, okay, let's go back to the way we used to do it. You know, right. it, it costs us to think differently. And now we have a better way of doing it or a different way of doing it, a way to reach different audiences. So, uh, you know, it, it, it applies whether you're, you're big or small, public or private. I mean, it's the same issues that companies and organizations are facing. Well, I'd love to land the plane here with any practical advice that you could offer to an early stage entrepreneur such as myself and, and my leadership team or even seasoned executive leaders that could be immediately applied today to develop and strengthen their leadership capabilities in the face of disruption and and the ongoing uncertainty that we're in today. You know, I, th- I think a couple of quick things. You know, one is just you know really paying attention, being aware of your environment. Part of that is, you know, what's close to you, talking to your employees, talking to your customers. And as you think about with your business, as you're looking to grow, as you're looking to scale, that outside environment becomes so much more important. Your businesses, you know, as you build out your business, it's based on a set of assumptions. And as those assumptions evolve, your business has to adapt. Because, you know, I say it's very rare that when an entrepreneur starts with an idea that exactly what they said on day one is going to happen. 
they have to constantly adjust. And you know, seasoned executives, companies who have been doing the same thing for years, same thing. Um, you know, when circumstances change, you have to adapt. I mean, Darwin mm. said, you know, it's not survival of the fittest; it's survival of those who can adapt to the circumstances, who can adjust. Mm. You know, it's not the strongest that survive; it's the most adaptive that do. Um, you know, I think the other thing that's important is being curious, asking questions, recognizing you don't have all the answers, you know, just taking the time to say, you know, in, you're in a group, you're with your team, say, well, what do you think? You know, instead of saying, you know, we need to look out for this or this or this, change the question and ask, hmm, what would knock us over and mm. if you know instead of saying you know what are the what are the five most important risks change the question and say what could knock us over makes it more mm. open-ended and think about other things that <clears throat> you know you might assess and say okay you know that's really unlikely on the other hand, you might identify some things. You know, what would cause our customers not to buy from us? You know, products are bad, service is bad, they can't reach us. Uh, you know, our, our online portal goes down. You know, these are all different things that, you know, you can then prepare for and think through and have scenarios. So, you know, I think it's each of those things. And I think the thing that's interesting, the power of the superpowers comes from all five. Each one supports and reinforces the other. Now, a leadership team should have ultimately all five amongst the team with leaders. An in individual is probably gonna be proficient in one, two, maybe even three. But I, I've never met anybody, I mean, even myself, I wouldn't say I'm proficient in all five. I'm probably really good at three. Probably some people might say two, but two to three. I also know there are two that I need help. You know, I need hmm. a counterpart who, you know, kind of pushes me on that, questions me on that. Yeah, amen. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, this is been incredibly insightful for me and, and so hyper relevant to what I'm experiencing as an entrepreneur is, is a growing business. And, you know, speaking of curiosity, it's just such a gift for me to sit here and learn with you. And I know that this will have a tremendous benefit to everybody that, that listens. And I'd be remiss not to ask you, Jay, is this something that you can help with? <laughs> and how do you help people with this? So, yeah, yes, it's something I can help with. Now, the first thing I'm, I'm going to say is I can't do this for you. You can't hire, uh, you know, one of the big four and say, come in and do this for me. You have to be able to do it. You have to be able to sustain it. Leadership needs to be involved and committed. But as I, as I say it in a lot of my presentations, but you don't have to do it alone. Very often having a third party who can challenge you, can ask questions, can help coach you so you make it safe for others to do. Uh, and I do that through public speaking 
hosting seminars, executive briefings, uh, leadership team meetings where I can come in and talk, introduce the concepts. Uh, I also do it through training. So, you know, we go through the five superpowers, but then we get into, okay, so how does this work in your business? What does this mean you would do? Where would you look? What resources would you uh, when you go to having tools and templates that help you in that process? Hmm. Very often it's, uh, you know, the third leg of that is to do an assessment. You know, you might say, I, I, I don't know if we need to do this. I'm not sure. You know, some of us do, some of us don't. Do an assessment. I conduct a survey. I interview your executive team. Because chances are they'll tell me things that they don't necessarily tell each other. And, you know, that brings a lot of information out. And you can see where there might be gaps. You'll see where there are strengths. You'll be able to prioritize uh, you know, which superpower do I need to work on more? Because you, keep, you know, it's impossible to work on all five intensely at the same time. But over time, you want to build that. Uh, and as part of all of, the, of uh, excuse me, all of those, I do coaching. Uh, you know, working with executives to help them make that change. Well, it's incredibly valuable, Jay, and this time together, your experience and expertise with the five leadership superpowers has been truly inspiring, and we appreciate your valuable insights on how to thrive in disruptive and uncertain times. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.